this ring. Only one hero can save her family and prevent disaster. I don't think so. Whoa. Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring. Mom, I can't find number 17. Come on, Billy. Dig deep. A lot of fun. And pure genius. Mom, where's my phone? Table. Keys. Mudroom. Dragon Man. Under the couch between the monkey and the flip-flop. How does she do that? Created by God to demonstrate his love with grace, elegance, and poise. Torch. Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads, and let me more specifically welcome you to Crossroads on Mother's Day. You know, one of the things that's really hard to believe is something we talked about last week, and we all talked about it and we admitted it in both of our services that really the last year, the last 14 months have been difficult. And knowing the last year has been difficult, what was really odd about this last year is that it kind of put a pause button on a lot of the things that are important to us at Crossroads. I mean, we spend time celebrating some of the big holidays, some of the big events. They kind of start in March with Easter or April, depending on when Easter is going to be, uh, and run through the summer. And last year, we didn't get to do any of those things. I mean, you think about it, it those are just special days that we love to celebrate at Crossroads. But even though we missed all of those last year, what's happened since then is that moving forward with all of the things that have been going on in our country as it relates to COVID-19 and the protocols and all of that, uh, it's kind of changed the way that we're able to approach things. It's kind of changed the way that we're uh, able to do and celebrate things that we like to celebrate at, uh, at Crossroads and do it in the fashion that we've grown accustomed to. But what's encouraging to me is hopefully within the next couple of months, uh, I'm thinking by June, middle of June, the 1st of July, uh, and I could go all kind of political there, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm just going to stay away. Uh, but, uh, but again, we're going to be able to kind of start doing the things that we like to do. I think the, big, the first big event that we're going to come together as a church uh, is going to be something that we missed last year that you guys love. Uh, it's Scoopalicious. So that's our homemade ice cream contest that we always do every year. And we're going to have that at the Jimmy Floyd Center. We've already got that booked. Uh, so again, that'll be the first thing that kind of gets us back to normal. So we're looking forward to that. So again, uh, things have been different. Today's a little bit different from what we normally would do. Uh, because again, there are just certain ways and certain things that we can't do. And we didn't feel like we should do uh, until we're kind of a little bit further out of the woods. So as we get started this morning, I want to ask a question. If you picture mom uh, in your mind, what does that picture look like? Uh, when you think about mom, 
what does that picture in your mind look like? I mean, you, you have a picture. We all have a picture. And again, when I think about a picture, in my mind, my picture of a mom is exactly what you saw in that video that was just before the message a while ago. It's somebody that's trying to do everything for everybody. I mean, when you think about a mother, when you think about a mom, a mom is somebody who is overwhelmed and exhausted. And I would say this morning, if you are in the audience or if you're listening online or watching online, and if your calling is to be a mom, then you know what I'm talking about. You know what it means to be overwhelmed. You know what it means to be exhausted. Because you're the person in the family that tries to be the best that you can as much as you can and for as long as you can. But here's the thing. Here's the reality. The reality is this. As a mother, one day something's going to happen. One day something's going to happen, and you're going to miss something, and you're going to drop something, and you're going to forget something. And one day something's going to happen that just kind of blows your fuse, and it just exhausts you. And it made me think. I, I don't know if you realize this, but when it comes to being a mom... Actually, when it comes to being a mom or even a parent, you may not know this, but Jesus' mom and dad lost Jesus one day. They were at the temple and they lost him. And what's interesting to me is Scripture tells us that they didn't even realize they lost him until three days later. <laughs> so the struggle's real, right, moms? The struggle is real. When it comes to being a mom, most days moms are going to feel like, you know what, life is a struggle. Most days mothers are going to feel like, you know, life is a burden. They're doing the best they can to keep up, trying to stay strong, to do it right, to be all the things that they're called to be for the people that, that have the expectations of them as a mom. And, and, and for some of you this morning, you're a mom that says, you know what, I'm one of those people that... I just honestly feel like I'm not doing this right. I honestly feel like as a mom, I, I just can't do it. But then there are those good days. Some days there's that day that, that, that you feel good and, and you feel like you're winning. There are those days as a mom that you feel like everything's coming together, the stars are lined up, you're winning, God is with you, and everything is great. And as a mom, you're accomplishing everything you feel like you're called to. You're doing amazing things. But then there are those other days when you're not winning and you feel like you're letting everyone down. You're letting yourself down. You're letting God down. And in the process of letting everyone down, as a mom, you feel like you're losing the battle. And, and here's the thing. That losing feeling, it actually only gets multiplied when you see all of the expectations that are set by the supermoms, the supermoms on television, the supermoms in the movies, you know what I'm talking about. We're, we're talking about the mom who works a full day in the office or a full day doing whatever she does, and then she comes home and makes this beautiful dinner for her family. They help the kids with, the, with their homework, and, and they come in, and they make the dinner, and they put the kids to bed, all with perfection, always wearing the perfect robe, always having the perfect hair. That's what the movie tells us a mom is supposed to be like. That's what they're supposed to look like. And it frustrates you, and it doesn't stop there. 
you see those people around you who are perceived to be the perfect mom. The president of the PTA, the room mother, the soccer mom with the five kids who still happens to have the amazing body. Always smiling. The mom that all the other kids like to be around. And you see all of that, and as a mom, you ask yourself the question, what, what do I need to do? How can I do things in my life that allows me just to keep up? Now, here's the, here's, here's the reality. Some of you here and some of you watching online and listening online are tired. You're tired because you're a single mom. You're the person who has to do the work of two different people. You're the person that, that's trying to do the, the two-person job all by yourself. Some of you here, some of you listening, some of you watching online, some of you are feeling like you're never going to get the chance to be a mom. Some of you are single. You've been single, and you so desperately want to be married so that one day in the future you can have a child. Some of you are married, and you struggle with the problem of infertility. And then we come to a day like this and the pastor gets up and he talks about motherhood and just to listen to the things that he's saying, it's all so painful. You don't look forward to it. There are some of you moms that, that feel like you've missed your chance with your kids. Your kids have moved away. They're gone. Maybe your children... They walked away from their relationship with you. Somebody in the audience right now feels like, you know, there's no way I could be a supermom. I don't even know what a supermom was like. Because you didn't have that kind of mom when you grew up. For some of you, when you grew up, your mom was a piece of work. She was tough. She was rough. And instead of your mom making you feel valuable... She made you feel wounded, and she hurt you, and she jacked you around. So Mother's Day to you is just a reminder of your life and what you didn't have. That didn't, you didn't receive the best thing. You didn't receive the supermom. So this morning, here's the thing I want to do. I just want to be open. I said it in the green room as we gathered to to talk about the service with, with the band and, and, and some volunteers and uh, the, the vocalist, I said, you know what, this, this, this is not just a day of celebration. It's a day of celebration for many people. But we have to realize the truth is that for many people on the other side, this is a day of struggle. Honestly, this is a day that some people don't look forward to. And I understand that there are difficult days when it comes to being a mother. I understand that there are difficult days when it comes to being a mom. And I understand that the calling that has been placed on you is not easy. And it made me think, when? It made me ask the question, when in the Bible... Did God ever give anybody a calling that was easy? 
When did God ever give anybody a job in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation? When did he ever give them a job that was actually easy? When did God come to somebody and interrupt them and say, you know what, I've got something I want you to do. I've got an assignment. I've got a job. I've got something that I want you to do. But the assignment is not going to be difficult at all. You can do this. It's going to be a piece of cake. It's going to be easy. When, When did God do that? The answer to that question is never. God never did that. He never does. I mean, I mean let's, just, let's just review some things. And we've actually talked about some of these things before. Well, think about when God went to Noah. God goes to Noah and says, Noah, here's what I want you to do. I have a mission for you. I am not happy with the human race at all, so here's what I'm going to do. I want to begin the whole project of the human race, and I'm going to start all over. And I'm going to do it with you. So, Noah, I know lumber prices are terrible. But I want you to go down to Fakes and Hooker, get some materials, and I want you to build an ark. And as you build that ark and people see you, and it's never rained, and people don't understand what you're doing, they're going to ridicule you. They're going to be hostile to you. But I want you to build an ark. And when you get that ark built, I want you to start collecting animals, two by two. Noah, I want you to be willing to start with your little family. Start civilization over again from scratch. And Noah, here's the thing. Even though people are going to laugh at you and ridicule you and be hostile to you, I just want you to know, I'm going to be with you. You're not alone. I'm going to make a promise to you, Noah. I'll be with you. And the promise is going to be validated by a sign the sign will be a rainbow and Noah said you know what God I don't understand I don't understand what you're doing I don't understand what you call me to do but I'll do it Noah said you know what God you can use me one day God came to Abraham and said Abraham I have a calling for you I have something for you to do I have a job for you I have a mission for you I'm going to create a new community. I'm going to create the people of Israel. And so, Abraham, what I want you to do is I want you to leave everything you're familiar with, your home, your culture, your wealth, everything. And I want you to go to a place that you know absolutely nothing about. I want you to go there. When you get there, I'll tell you that you're there. And I want you to make your home there. I want you to make your home, Abraham, among strangers. I'll tell you that you're there when you get there. But as you go there, Abraham, I make you a promise. And the promise is that you're not alone. I promise, Abraham, I'll be with you. I'll give you a sign to remind you that I'm with you, Abraham. And the sign was circumcision. And Abraham said, what about Noah? I mean, why, I mean how, how did he get off so easy? Can't we just have a handshake or something? And Abraham went. Abraham said, all right, God, I don't understand all of this. But you can use me, God. But God, I don't know if you know this, 
I don't even have any children. And Abraham went. And God was with him. God goes to Moses and he said, I want you to free my people. Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh, the most powerful man on earth. And I want you to, to defy him to his face and demand that he let the Israelites go. And Moses said, God, here I am, slow of speech, send somebody else. Send Aaron. And God said, no. And Moses said, use me. Think about the callings in Scripture. Nehemiah rebuilds a city. David takes on Goliath. Esther risks her life to change the mind of the king. Joseph goes to prison. Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den. And then he gives the ultimate assignment to Jesus. Paul faces one trial after another as he helps to get the early church started. Now listen to me this morning, over and over in Scripture, up until this very moment in time, God has raised people up by giving them a calling. And through that calling, He uses them to do things that ultimately tell us a very fresh story about His everlasting glory. As a mother this morning, as a mom, whether you're here or whether you're watching or listening online, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. As a mom, you are living out a calling that has massive implications. As a mom, you are living out a calling from God that has massive implications. Not only is it massive implications, as a mom, it's not just any calling. Your calling is epic. But there's a temptation. There's a temptation that actually comes with epic callings. And when I say there's a temptation that comes with a calling that has been placed on a mom, I'm going to tell you this morning, I believe that it was something that David and Noah and Paul and so many of the heroes of the faith forgot. They forgot it. And the thing that I think most of them forgot was this. What matters most is not what you accomplish, but what matters most is who you become. Because, see, when you think about the, the calling of a mother, now, think about it this morning. Most moms are trying to be everything to everybody. And in the hustle and bustle of the daily life of a mom, moms, I want you to hear me. In trying to be everything to everybody, it's so easy for you to forget about yourself. That's why that question that you see behind me is so important. It's not about what you accomplish, but what is most important is who you are becoming. I mean, ask yourself the question, are you living a life that restores God's wonder in you? 
Moms, think about that. Are you living a life that restores the wonder of God within you? See, the thing I want to do this morning is I want to challenge the moms. And some of you are sitting there thinking, well, th you know, this message has nothing to do with me. I'm going to tell you this morning, the beauty of this message is that it transcends genders. The beauty of this message today is that it actually applies to all of those, all of us in the audience. But again, I'm focusing on mothers this morning. I'm focusing on the moms that are here and watching and listening online. But the beauty of this message is we can take every point that I'm about to make and we can apply it to all of us in this audience and we can apply it to our calling regardless of what our calling is. Are we living a life? Am I living a life that restores God's wonder in me? Is there a rhythm to my life that actually restores the wonder of God within me, regardless this morning of who I am? And some of you would say, well, really, I'm not Randy. I'm really not sure. How, how, do, how do I know if I'm living a life that restores, that, that rhythm of life that restores God's wonder in me? And I'll tell you, in my opinion, if you're going to live that rhythm of life that restores God's wonder in you, it starts here. It starts with surrender. It starts with surrender. When we have a calling on our life, when we have a calling like the calling of a mom, it's just a simple reminder to you to understand. Listen to me this morning. Regardless of what your calling is, it's a reminder when you surrender. It's a reminder that there is a God and it's not you. There's a God and it's not you. Because, see, here's the thing. It's his job to be God. And it's your job to learn to let him be who he is. There is a God. And it's not you. But, see, the, the thing that happens is as a mom, as a, mom, as a mother, you're, you're tempted to do so much. And as you're trying to do all the things that, that are demanded of you, you're also tempted to try to do that in your own power. You're tempted to do that on your own. And you're actually going to start thinking as a mom, well, if, if I don't, it won't. If I don't get it done, it's not going to happen. If I'm not there, that, that can't happen without me. So let me speak from personal experience. I have found that the more God has blessed me, I have found from personal experience that the more God has blessed my life, then the greater the allure is for me to try to control what I can't control and to maintain what I can't maintain. So look at the screen behind me and let's all repeat this. We've done this before in other messages, but let's all do it again today. Let's say it. There is a God. It's not me. Let's do it one more time. There is a God, but it's not me. See, here's the thing. When you think about the, the, the calling of a mom and all the things that they have to do, all the things that they want to try to control, one of the things that I've started to realize is that control is one of the greatest of all illusions. So the only way I know 
how to, po- how to actually conquer that pattern in my life is to surrender. Now think about this. I thought about that about this this week. It's hard for many of us to surrender. We want to control what we can control and maintain what we can maintain. We want to be we want to be in control of everything that's happening in our life. But when we surrender, there's a gift, a free gift that comes with surrender. You know what the gift is that comes with surrender? It's peace. Because when I surrender, I, I, I don't just let go of my will, but I also give up the idea that I'm the one who's in charge of the outcome. And if I know I'm not in charge of the outcome, then with surrender comes peace. And what a relief. But now here's the thing, when you talk about surrender, some, think, some people think, well, isn't that being kind of passive? Now here's the thing I would tell you, surrender is not the same thing as passivity. God's calling as a mom is still going to require you to be creative and, and make choices and take initiative and work hard and fight the status quo. As a mom, you're still going to have to use all of the things that God has gifted you with. But John Calvin said this, John Calvin said this, the only haven of safety is to have no other will, no other wisdom than to follow the Lord wherever he leads. Let this then be the first step to abandon ourselves and and to devote the whole energy of our minds to the service of God. See, here's the thing, moms, I I, I know because I know so many of you, when as a mom you worry When you're a mother and you worry, when you try to control as a mom what you can't control and maintain what you can't maintain, then you're destroying this rhythm that restores God's wonder in you. You're destroying this rhythm in your life that restores God's wonder. Let me ask you something, moms. Is there something in your life this morning that you're worried about? Sure there is. We all have something we're worried about. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you what I'm discovering. I'm discovering that every moment that I have to worry is a chance for me to practice letting go of the need that I have to control the outcomes. Say it again, there is a God, and it's not me. There is a God, and it's not me. So moms, listen to me this morning. You want to live a life that restores God's wonder in you? You want to live the rhythm of life that restores God's wonder in you? It starts with surrender. It starts with surrender. Here's the next step. The next step is this. The next step is authenticity. The next step is is really what I call being authentic. It's authenticity. 
I don't, I don't remember who I was with this week, but somebody this week I was having a conversation or having lunch with or having dinner with, and I said, you know what? What I've discovered is this. There's a problem in the church. There's a problem in the church. We have a problem in the church, and that problem that we have in the church has actually spilled over into every aspect of our lives and every aspect of our society. You say, Randy, what kind of church, what kind of problem do we have in the church? I'm going to tell you what problem we have. It's a sin problem. The problem isn't that we sin because, listen, we all have that problem. Every person in this auditorium, all those listening, all those watching, we all sin. The problem that we have in the church and the problem that we have in society is that when we sin, we've come to the place now where we can't talk about sin. We can't talk about it. So that means that we are pretending that we don't have the problem. Now think about this. I'm going to give you some context and some perspective here that you probably never thought about. We've grown comfortable in the church with those stories in Scripture about how people used to sin. But the whole idea that somebody here in this auditorium might be struggling with sin today, we don't give much thought to it. And if we don't give much thought to it, we don't want to talk about it. So that brings on a temptation. And the temptation is to be someone other than who you really are. I mean, think about authenticity. The temptation is for you to be somebody other than you really are. But it's our calling. It's the greatest callings in life. It's, it's the great calling of being a mom. That's often going to put you in front of other people. You're going to have to live your life in front of other people. You're going to have to lead in front of other people. So naturally, there's always this temptation for you to become the me that people want me to be. There's always a temptation for you to become somebody other than yourself. You, you naturally think, I need to be the me that other people want to see. See, here's the, here's the thing that I know. And this is some, something I really strongly dislike, but it's reality. In the church, pe people want a pastor. They want a pastor who has a perfect family. They, they, they want a pastor who is, who is always happy. They want a pastor who, who never doubts or never questions, who always overcomes temptation. That's the kind of pastor people want in the church. And it's just a reminder for me to, to, to kind of to spill onto you and to tell you, you just need to understand everybody has an agenda for you. And if you spend your life trying to become the person that they want, if I spend my life trying to become the me that other people want me to be, then I'm going to miss out on who God has called me to be and who God has gifted me to be. Now listen to me this morning, moms. 
the greatest gift that you can ever give your calling as a mother is to be the person that God called and gifted you to be. And like I said, th- th- this, this transcends into all of our callings. But there's a temptation. And the temptation is for you to stay up on the shelf above the rest of humanity. And to hide there. Don't, don't fall for that. Don't spend your time hiding on the shelf. Because here's the thing, moms, when you step into openness and stop pretending, then you will find yourself coming alive. Because hiddenness and pretending always are the enemy of flourishing. See, the thing that I have learned is that I can only be loved. Listen to me. The, the thing that I have learned is that I can only be loved to the extent that I'm known. And, and if I keep part of my life secret from you, if I don't let you really know what's going on in my life, then you might tell me that you love me, But you know what I would wonder? I would wonder if you really would love me if you really knew the truth about me. Would you really love me if you knew who I really was? I can only receive love from you to the extent that I am known by you. So what did James say? James said, confess yourself one to another and pray for each other. So that you might be healed. Pretending is always going to cut us off from a rhythm that restores God's wonder in us. Moms, here's the last thing that you need to do if you wish to live in a rhythm that restores God's wonder in you. You need to remain. You need to remain. The single most important thing you need to do to establish a rhythm of life that restores God's wonder in you is to remain. Your main job in the context of your calling, your main job in the context of your calling as a mother, you know what your your main job is? Your main job, moms, is this. Simply, you need to stay connected to God. That's the most important thing about God and the calling that he's placed on you as a mother, as a mom. Single mom, your main job in the context of your calling is to stay connected to God. You know, psychologists have started speaking out about what is perhaps the largest mental health problem of our day. And this is going to surprise you. It's not depression. It's not anxiety. At least not at clinical levels. But it's languishing. It's a failure to thrive. Languishing is the condition of someone who may be able to function. But for whatever reason, they've lost a sense of hope. 
they've lost a sense of meaning. Languishing is not the presence of mental illness. It's actually the absence of mental and emotional vitality. And I'm going to tell you what I feel this morning. I feel this languishing in Christian circles is present and it's prevalent. And it happens when I forget that my primary responsibility is simply to remain. To be present with him. Look, look, look at John chapter 15. It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit apart from me. Though you can do nothing. What does that say? It says if, if you're not connected, if you're not remaining connected, you're languishing. Look at Exodus 33. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Look at the last part, verse 11. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Why did Moses leave and Joshua stayed? Because, jo because, because Moses was addicted to doing things for God instead of being with God. Here's what I want you to see. Constant contact with our Creator. Moms, listen. is essential for you as you're going to fulfill your calling. Constant contact with your Creator is essential if you're going to be the mom, the mother that God has called you to be. And it's just a reminder, God has never, you, you know, you're, you're frustrated and you're stressed because of all the things that your family demands of you and people demand of you and your children demand of you. But it's just a reminder this morning that Scripture tells us that God has never called anybody to anything that was easy or unneeded or simply required something that was going to be easy to do. But instead, he calls each one of us to what I call transformational leadership. And that calling of being a mom, sometimes it will scare you to death. Oftentimes, moms, it will make you wonder if he actually picked the right person. And moms, listen to me, it will always require more than you have. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please?
You know, my prayer this morning is very simple. It applies to all of us, but again, it can... It applies very specifically to the moms this morning. God, my prayer this morning is for moms all over this audience, all over the community who are watching and listening online. My prayer this morning is that they never forget that you care more about who they are becoming. The most important thing to you, God, is really about who they're becoming. It's not what they're accomplishing. So my prayer this morning, God, is that, that every mother understands and that they will find a place where they can live in a rhythm that restores your wonder in them. That they will live in a rhythm that, that starts with total surrender. That they will live in a way that, that connects them to a life that is filled with peace that only comes when they come to the fact that they understand that they can't control the outcomes. My prayer is that they live a rhythm that starts with surrender, but it continues with authenticity. My prayer, God, this morning is that they will not be allured or drawn to the allurement of trying to be the me that they're going to be pressured to be by other people. But instead, as a mother, they will become the me that you gifted and you designed them to be. That they will live a rhythm of life that restores the wonder in them. A rhythm where they remain in you. As a mom, that they understand that their primary responsibility is to stay connected, to be present with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Moms, I want you to listen to these words. There's only one voice that matters in your life. The only voice that matters in your life is the voice that's spoken from heaven. The one that speaks to you and says, this is my beloved daughter. I love her. I have called her, and I have gifted her. And I am pleased with her. God, this morning we're so thankful in who you've called us to be and what you've called us to do. God, I just pray that you give a sense of peace and contentment to every mother here, all those listening online, all watching online. Go before them and behind them in all that they do and protect them. Encourage them. We know it's not easy. We know it's difficult. Let them understand and let them know that they're appreciated for living out the calling that you've called them to. Bless them in ways that they can't contain as we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.